Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. This is the week or just a couple days, I should say, going into Christmas. And we have a lot to talk about. If this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, welcome. It is not by chance that you have stumbled upon this episode I always believe that nothing just happens. And so therefore, if you're here, it's because you need something. You may need to laugh. You may need to just be filled to be heard. What do we talk about on this on this podcast in general? We talk about mental health. We talk about self-care. We talk about what's happening in these internet streets and just life. Sometimes the conversations will make you think. Sometimes the conversations will make you cry. But we all hope that the conversations are going to bring us together because there's always something that we can learn just from hearing other people's experiences or we can resonate with them. Either way, thank you for tuning in. This has been a long week. And as we get closer and closer, I mean, we're literally just, what, two days away from Christmas and there's a lot of joy that's going around. You know, people are watching Christmas movies, baby building gingerbread houses, baking cookies, getting into the holiday spirit. But let's also keep in mind with all of the holiday spirit that we hope is going around, whatever level of celebration you choose, because you may not even celebrate Christmas in the traditional sense, right? It may not necessarily be a religious holiday for you. It also may not be a holiday for you to go and spend money and buy gifts because you may not subscribe to those things. Whatever the level of holiday that you choose to celebrate or not, you also may be feeling a little overwhelmed. This is the time of the year where it's the absolute hardest. And there's a couple of reasons why. When you think of the holidays, or at least when I, I'll say I, because this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of Christmas memories and a couple of things that trigger us. And when I think about the holidays, you know, I love Christmas personally. I love everything about it, you know, whether I'm into the religious part of it, being that I am a PK, PK stands for a preacher's kid, grew up in church most of my life. I could probably tell the the story of the birth of Jesus probably inside and out, right? And so there's that aspect of it. And then as a mother and a wife, I just absolutely love Christmas because I love creating the memories for my family and my children and just, I love it. Everything about it. You know, it's exhausting. No doubt. If you are a parent, you're probably hanging on on the edge. You probably don't have everything wrapped or maybe that's just me. You probably don't have it all together and you're still trying to get those last minute little, you know, intricate details together. But whatever the case may be, I'm telling you right now, the holidays can be whatever you choose for it to be. But it comes with a level of stress, you know, the stress of just trying to pull everything together. Again, depending on your level of celebration, depending on the level of things that you want to do, like it sometimes can just, again, that feeling of being overwhelmed. And 
as you're becoming overwhelmed with trying to gather things, and I don't even just mean, you know, buying things. We're talking about just the gathering of, you know, trying to make things happen. That's stress. And so just the stress of the holidays can be a trigger in itself. Now, for me growing up, Christmas was, I wouldn't say bad. I wouldn't say I had horrible Christmases. I think I talked about this before. I think even last Christmas, I wouldn't say that I've had bad Christmases. One of my favorite and most fondest memories of Christmas is when my parents, I don't even know what year this was. It must've been the year, whatever Sega Genesis came out. I never even asked for a Sega. Let's be clear. I didn't ask for a Sega. I asked for the uh, Magic Nursery Baby Doll. So if you look that up, that'll tell you right then, whatever that year is. I have no idea. But whatever the year the Magic Nursery Babies came out. So Magic Nursery Babies were just, you know, these little beautiful babies. They had some black ones. They had some, you know, white ones. I don't know if they had anything beyond black or white. You know, now we have every shade of doll babies. Hispanic and Asian. I don't know if we had that back then. I don't remember that. You know, back then everything wasn't like politically correct and making sure you had inclusion. It just, it just wasn't that way. But I remember the black, uh, the black uh, magic nursery doll and I wanted this doll so bad. So you would get a packet and you just put this packet in water and it would dissolve. And in the dissolving, it would reveal if your baby was a girl or a boy. So you weren't supposed to um, undress this baby or anything until you reveal it you know, what it was. And, you know, you would get adoption papers and it would say that, I don't know if I ever gave a name, but I do remember it saying, okay, it's a girl and it would give you all the things. And so this magic nursery baby doll was like all that I wanted that year. But that particular year, my parents gave us, I'm a twin and my sister and I both got black, um, the black magic nursery dolls. I think we both had girls and we got the second Genesis. My parents had the house downstairs in the living room set up. So we had, um, my dad and mom had bought us a tent and inside the tent were these cute, um, sleeping bags and the sleeping bags had like a dog or something on it. Blue. I remember blue and white, kind of like a polka dotty type of situation. And so they had the tent completely erect and set up into the living room and inside the tent was our our sleeping bags and they had the Sega game, Gen you know, Sega Genesis game, you know, set up. And then we had gifts to open, which of course in ended up being revealing that we had the Magic Nursery dolls. Now, again, these Magic Nursery dolls was like top commodity back then. It was almost like the underdog to the Cabot Patch Kid. And so, you know, those were just like the hugest memories. And I remember, and I may be combining because if you ask my husband, I combine a lot when it comes to stories. But I do remember other memories of like my dad, he made um, cinnamon rolls every Christmas morning and he would make other things like he made a full breakfast and all those different things. But it was something about the cinnamon rolls that he would make. So even now, interesting enough, like for things for Christmas and I almost said Thanksgiving, but for Christmas, I have to have like cinnamon rolls baking in my house at the Christmas morning. And I thought it was just me, but my sister, she lives on her own now. And, um, she too does the same thing. So she'll say, Oh, I got to make sure I get my cinnamon rolls or I got to make sure I make some cinnamon rolls or whatever the case may be. But it's just like one of those core memories that carries on, you know, even still. So even in our own families, we do the same thing with the cinnamon rolls. It's just one of those 
you know, have scents that you can recognize. And that was just like one of our memories. I remember my dad, I almost bought a fake fireplace. We don't have one in our house, obviously. And he had like one of those like paper, more like cardboard um, fireplace. And he would set it up. And I never realized it until I got a little older that the reason why he was setting it up and he would have fruit and he have candy and he have nuts and he would just have all these different displays of things. I didn't put two and two together. But as I got older, I realized that my dad did that because his father, uh, my grandfather, he has this, I don't know if he's, I don't know. I haven't been over to his house for Christmas in a long time, my grandfather's, but from what I remember back as a kid, my grandfather would set the same set of displays up. So my grandfather would have fruit and he would have candy and he would have nuts and he would have all kinds of stuff set on this display on this table amongst like a thousand one things of food. And so I didn't realize that that tradition had passed to him. I have not done the whole display of food, you know, the candy and things like that just yet, but I definitely do the cinnamon roll. However, what I will say is um, I was out a couple of weeks ago and I was at this old fashioned candy spot I don't even remember where oh in Chestnut Hill here close in Philadelphia and I saw the candy um the candy toys so it's the they're clear you can I kind of see through them they come in different colors different flavors and I remember as a kid my grandfather always making sure like every grandkid got one like there was more than one we obviously could go back and get more but we every grandkid had to at least have one and so I saw that and I bought a bag of this candy and instant core memories like instant joy remembering those memories as a kid and not realizing how much I'm incorporating them you know in my own life now when you think about those types of things for me I think about like my grandfather who is still very much here and so grateful for it um and you don't realize the energy and the effort you, they put into that until you become an adult and it's your turn to, to do the memories. It's your turn to recreate these things. It's your turn to do all of these, you know, things with your own family. I'm not going to cry, but I will say it just brings me joy. And it also makes me feel, first of all, it's already adulting as, as ghetto as adulting is, but I just feel like this sense of happiness whenever I think about those things. Right. And it also is a trigger because it's like at some point, at some point, and I'm not speaking in no time early, but at some point you think about how generations, they leave these things with us and they stay with us. And then you pass them on to your children. And you hope that something about something that you've done will pass on to your kids. And so now that I think about my kids and how they're taking in things that I do, and I, and at first I just didn't realize that my kids paid any attention, but then my kids will be like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Like they remember certain core things that we do as a family. And it feels good to know that they are remembering it to the point where it's making a difference. Like if they feel like I'm not going to do something of something that I you know normally do every year, they will call me out and be like, Hey, are, when are we going to do, you know, Christmas pajamas? When are we going to do hot cocoa in our movie night? When are we going to do certain things? And so it's just like as a parent is older and you get to look back at the same stressors that I'm sure my parents had. You know, I have three kids. My parents had three kids. And it's like, you know, the combination of having these kids and trying to make sure you even provide a Christmas, you know, providing Christmas is a stressor, you know, trying to make sure that you keep the bills going. You can't I, listen. I'm not about to rob Peter to pay nobody's Paul. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm, and I'm blessed and grateful that, um, 
that we're able to do what we do for our kids because you know obviously the holidays are not about gifts but as a parent you want to give your kids gifts like you want to have those moments with them and still keep them grounded and still teach them about the season and still do all those things and still those great values in them but again you know when you when I personally just think about these memories and how they come together and the efforts that are put into them, they are beautiful. It's nostalgia, but it also, it's just like, who give me the strength. Like how did my parents do half of the things that they did? And there's things that I feel like, Oh, they probably could have did, but they didn't do. But the stuff that they were able to put together as a parent, I have to say, I have to give respect and consideration to that because as a parent of three kids ourselves, like I'm like, good gracious, these kids is getting older. And as they get older, these gifts is getting smaller, but they getting more pricier. You know, back in the day when my, well, my kids are, you know what, let me take that back. They are getting older and their gifts are getting smaller and they are getting more expensive. But my kids, I mean, I must have like the most best kids in the world because my kids are still, you know, my daughter, my oldest is 13 and she's like, um, can I get a baby doll? And I'm like, what? are you sure? Like she's about to go to high school. And it doesn't phase her in the least bit that she'll ask for a baby doll. She'll ask for something that you would think there's no way she would want that. And she's like, yeah, what's, what's wrong with that? You know, still being able to still be a child and a child like mine, she's not growing up before her time. She's not, I mean, don't get it twisted. She still wants to do her makeup and she's still doing all that different things. She's a 13 year old girl, but there's still core values of her where she still plays with doll babies. She still does all those things. And I'm going to cherish that because, you know, as they get older, they don't, you know, they start growing into themselves. They start becoming older. You start to see things change. And, um, you know, get girls her age, they're not even thinking about that. They don't have that type of household. They don't have that type of mindset. You know, they may be doing stuff that's strictly for survival purposes, you know, hanging with the wrong crowd. Parents are not home because they're doing all kind of, you know, working and, and doing what they have to do to take care of their families. And so I'm just grateful that we provide an environment by which my daughter can thrive and still be a kid. Like just keeping my kids as kids long as possible. Yes, they have cell phones. Yes, they're on stuff. We are very much on checking all their things, but I just love that. I just love that. So I do have the most amazing kids. And so, yeah, for the holidays, you know, just trying to gather those things. But then I remember back again, when I've talked about this, I think last year for Christmas, those single days when you're just like, over the whole holiday, because if you're not coupled up, you just feel like, oh my God, I can't go to these events because every event has a plus one. And then the plus one isn't me with coupled up with somebody It's usually me bringing a friend or I'm hanging out with my girlfriends or yeah, I'm doing like things with the girlfriends. I'm hanging out and doing things, but sometimes it don't be enough. Cause it's like, when it's going to be my turn to have my man, to be coupled up, to like open up my Christmas uh, gifts with my new boo or whatever the case may be. And that right there, it, it can be overwhelming as well. I remember one year, I think it was the year before my husband and I got back, to, got, well, we were not dating. When we were dating, we got back together. And I just was like frustrated. I wasn't frustrated to the point where I was like unbearable or I like, I had a friend, God bless her. I think she's doing a lot better now. But I had a friend that was so wrapped up into becoming married. Like she just had, she, that was just her identity. Like if she wasn't married and didn't have a kid, there was just literally no life to live. Right. And she wasn't traveling. She didn't travel. She didn't do anything. She just wanted to be married and being married is beautiful. Right. God bless. Right. God, God bless. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But listen, 
I'm one of those married people that will be like, listen, it's beautiful, but it's work. And there's things you should know. And there's things you should be doing before you cross the threshold of wanting to be entangled and tangled up with someone else. But as much as I say that, and I can sit there and give all the warning signs and tell you all the things to be watchful for and things that could possibly happen and not to scare you and not for nothing, just telling you the truth. You still may desire to want to be married, but this particular friend that I'm thinking about in particular, she that's all she cared about. It was either married or bust. Like if she wasn't married and she wasn't successful, if she wasn't married and didn't have a child then she just wasn't successful and she just didn't have nothing else. And if she was, it was just marriage or nothing. If you find yourself in a marriage or nothing phase, let me just tell you something that is torture. And how do I know that is torture? I called, I don't know if I called her or she called me. But this girl got on my phone in real time, screamed to the top of her lungs, like bloody murder scream, because how dare I not be married? How dare I'm not successful if I'm not married? And I'm just like, I couldn't even listen. My friends know they can come to me and I will try my best to give you some of the most sound advice. But at that moment, at that time, I had nothing to offer her. I wasn't married at the time. I think I was engaged and she accused me of basically living her life. Like how dare, how dare I, this is how I knew we could not be friends anymore. So I got to stop saying friend. This was an ex friend. And how dare I live the life that she wanted. And how dare I, who didn't even want to be married. And it wasn't even that I didn't want to be married because that's not true. I did want to be married. It's just that I wasn't really in a rush. Like it wasn't on the forefront of my mind. It wasn't in the forefront of my heart. It just wasn't a thought process of like, Ooh, when am I going to get married? Um, at least at that time I've had instances where I was deep into that same thought process of like, if you're not married, you're not successful. And men don't think like that. Men are still trying to climb the corporate ladder. They're trying to get their finances together. They're trying to make, make something of themselves and, you know, travel and do the things. And women are somewhat, not all, but some women are so hot wired on marriage, 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 and being coupled. And that is how they see their success. And I had lived that moment for a little bit. And I was coming out of that moment when my husband proposed, like, I just was like, yeah, you know, cool, but it wasn't like I'm going to die or start screaming like the top of my lungs. And so I say that to say that this time of the year brings out the best and it can bring out the worst. If desire for you to be married and, and when Christmas comes around and New Year's comes around and all these holidays that make you think and reflect, they're supposed to make you reflect about the things that you want. But I find it that we don't choose that. We choose how can we be involved with someone or someone else. Now I'm not against people wanting to be married because how can I be? I'm a married woman. But in the same token, there has to be more to the marriage thing than just being entitled with another person's last name, you know, going down the aisle with a dress on and buying yourself, you know, getting a ring and doing all those things. Those are beautiful things. I would never act like they're not. But in the same token, it's easier for me to say that because I'm married, right? If you're single, you're just like, this heifer is crazy talking about what she did and she's already married. I'm just trying to tell you both sides and keep it honest because I feel like once people get married, they don't really tell you the honest things and I'm just trying to keep it real. However, I understand you may want that, you may desire that, and I'm not against it. But Christmas is just one of those times where you just, all of a sudden, you just go into, if you never sit and reflect at no other time of the year, you're going to reflect and think about things on Christmas. You're going to think about loved ones who are no longer here. I think that's been my struggle lately. So listen to, if you ever have a chance, if you're a PK, you listen. I mean, if you went back in my era of PKness, and I'm talking about, 
late 80s, early 90s, like John P. Key, uh, New Life Community Choir. He has a song on a Christmas CD. Do not ask me which year because I could pull it up, but I ain't going to do all that. But there's a year, a song called The First Noel. Now, my daughter's name is Noel, and I'm going to get to how that correlates to what I'm about to talk about. So I around the Christmas holiday, I cannot tell you what year or what what day my great-grandfather passed away. I can't tell you. Again, Christmas brings out this type of reflection. You think about the people who are not here and that in itself is a trigger in itself too. So for me, my great-grandfather, I know that he passed around Christmas or around the around Christmas holiday because I was in my freshman year of junior high. I had gotten the solo. It was the first time that a freshman had gotten to sing the solo Silent Night. I auditioned my behind off and got the solo. I was super excited. You couldn't tell me nothing. And for a church girl to go and sing something that wasn't gospel. Now, Silent Night, you know, you can debate, you know, it's about the Lord. Okay, maybe or maybe not. But to sing something that wasn't in church at school, blah, blah, blah. It was just like high time for me. I was feeling myself, really feeling myself and excited at the same time. So I got the solo. I was excited. And my great grandfather passed away. And I remember I sang the solo for the for school for the, you know, you do the school concert in front of your friends before you do it for your family at like a night concert. So I was able to sing it for my school, but I wasn't able to sing it at night because we needed to leave to travel from Lancaster, Pennsylvania to uh, Gaston, South Carolina. And that's how I remember when my great grandfather died because we had to leave and we had to go to his funeral. Now I have been, then I was even worse um, than I am now. I've calmed down, but I was not one of those people who do that does funerals well. And I know everybody's like, Oh, I don't, who like, who likes to do funerals, but I would get like sick, like throw up, like sickly sick thinking about looking at a dead body. Like it just was like a whole thing for me. And even still now, like I love people, but unless you were core value, like if you weren't somebody that I feel like would haunt me because I didn't attend your funeral or I would have like some, I'm just not coming. Right. Love you, but I just, I can't do funerals. And so even as a kid, you know, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, you know, traveling down here for this funeral, my mom knew that. And so she was just, you know, trying to do her best to try to calm me down, keep me calm, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, as a PK, you go through different songs, you hear different things. And so the first Noel, I didn't realize was like a song that I correlated with him, with his death. It wasn't until about maybe two weeks ago, maybe even a little less, I would say two weeks ago. I heard the song and I can hear like the first few chords of that song. And immediately I've been turning the song off for years. Like every time I heard the, this song, I would turn it off. And it's amazing to me because there were other songs that my parents played, like on our way to the funeral and our way back that I could hear that I still do remember my grandfather's death. Like I will remember it, but it doesn't bother me. But for whatever reason, the song, the first Noel makes me feel certain things. Like I will start boohoo and crying if I hear this song. So I would not play, I haven't played it or I wasn't playing it for years until two weeks ago. I had the music on, I was downstairs cleaning and I could hear it. And, you know, normally when I hear the first set of those chords of the beginning of that song, like there's the piano playing and I would hear that and I would immediately, immediately turn that song off. Like immediately didn't understand why. Well, now I'm downstairs and I'm cleaning and I'm like deep into the cleaning and I couldn't get to the song to turn it off as soon as I heard the chorus. So I'm making my way, like almost not sprinting, but running up the steps to get to turn this song off. And I don't. 
So I, by the time I get up there, the song is kind of like in full blown and I am hysterically crying, like overwhelmed. I'm in the house by myself. I'm overwhelmed. I'm crying. I'm not necessarily like a scream cry, but just about before that. So I stopped the song and I called my therapist. Thank God she was available. And I was just telling her, like, I don't get why this song is overwhelming. So she just asked me a series of questions. When was the, when was the first time you heard it? What are your memories around hearing the song? Because we need to figure out what the sound, the song is, you know, causing in you. And I was starting to think, and I told her, I was like, I'm starting to think about my great grandfather. I know that it's Christmas time. I can't tell you when the date of him, of his passing, but I feel like it's now. I feel like it, you know, it's so fresh. I feel extremely overwhelmed. I feel like it's just happening. I feel like I'm back in junior high and this is happening all over again. And I, I don't know why I'm feeling that way. So we started to have our conversation just like we would any other session. And we discovered, or she helped me to discover that for whatever reason, that song is correlated to his death. And she doesn't think that I really grieved when I was younger. And I don't honestly think I did as much because I didn't fully understand it at the time. I was, it was like one of my first funerals, first set of funerals, I to say. And so I really didn't really dig deep into that. And so I just needed to grieve. And so she was just like, you know, a lot of times when you keep stopping the song, stopping the song is because you're trying to stop yourself from having these, these big feelings because you revert back to thinking that you're in junior high, you're a grown woman. You have to be able to grieve, like grieving is not going to go away just because you've gotten older. It's not going to stop just because it's been so many years. Like you have got to allow yourself to grieve. And I was just like, you know, is that what it is? And so she told me to play the song safely in the house or at some place that makes me safe, you know, wherever, and just let the song loop. Don't stop the song, let the song loop and allow the feelings to come up, allow myself to cry, allow myself to grieve, allow myself to have those moments. And I say that because grief is such a strong emotion that sometimes it's just like, okay, I don't want to do this. But around Christmas time, regardless of him passing around Christmas time, it's like when you sit down and you reflect about the people who are not around you, the people who are no longer here to hold your hand, you know, you think about the people who would either be proud or not be proud of you with whatever decisions you're making in life. And Christmas is that time. So if you're experiencing some high level of grief, you're not alone. Um, there have been times when I would be cooking in the kitchen and I would think about my great grandparents, my great grandparents for me, a lot of people cannot say that they even have a relationship with their great grandparents. By the time you talk about great grandparents, you're hearing stories from other people telling you about how great their grandparents were. So those are your great grandparents, right? I had the very beautiful, unique situation where again, obviously until my junior high year with my great grandfather, I experienced the love of him. Like, sitting and talking with him and listening to him tell me stories about of God and talking, telling me about different scriptures, his favorite scripture, Psalms 91, the whole family knows that. But I had that unique experience and my great grandmother, I'm looking at her picture while I'm recording this podcast. She's in my office. Her picture is in my office with me every time I come down here to work. Cause I look at her, she's just like amazing. She's just an amazing woman. And my great grandmother passed, I believe she was like 95, 94, 95, 96 my kids experienced her love. Like they could tell you who mama was and they could tell you about her. They could tell you all the things. And I'm going to tell you just how much of an impact that my great grandparents still have. And even onto my kids, I was working on a project that I'm going to finally release this year. Cannot wait that I did a, a project on my great grandmother 
last i started it last february it was supposed to be released last february it didn't so i'm going to release it myself this upcoming february and i had reached out to one of my great aunts and asked them to send me some videos of my great grandmother like just talking i just wanted to hear her talking while i was doing this project that's going to honor her well, I had it playing, you know, new cars, you have it through your phone and it's playing through the car. My kids, I never said who I was listening to. I just started to play it. My kids, first of all, immediately stopped talking and they could hear my great grandmother's voice and my great grandmother's voice was saying things like, you know, like just an encouragement. Like I don't even want to get into what she said, but it was just like such an encouragement. My son is breaking down, crying in the back of the car. My daughters are crying in the car. And they're like, I know that's Mamo, and she's talking to me, you know, and this is just a video. Like, it's like basically the sound of the, of the video is playing through the car and they're just crying. And I'm just like, man, my great grandmother probably never even, I don't even know how much she knew of her legacy that even now they're older, looks a little older than, you know, now than she was then. It's like, would she know the legacy that she was leaving that they could even just hear her voice and be blessed by that? Like my son and my daughters was like, you know, after they listened to her, they were like, we can do anything. Like mom will just encourage us. Like we can do anything. And I'm like trying to hold myself, even hearing myself say that. But these are the things that people think about when you think about Christmas holidays. And I say all of those things as an example to say, Grief is real and Christmas may not always be holly for you. You may not be in the most jolly mood. You ain't got to be full Grinch, but you just may not always be there because of the memories that you share of thinking about a loved one or just thinking about your life. You know, you're going in from Christmas into New Year's and you start to think like, do I have my stuff together? Because God forbid I don't have my stuff together. And then I'm thinking about why don't I have my stuff together? So if you're able to spend time with the family that you want to spend time with, go ahead and do that. And I say that, I know that sounds like mad ignorant to say the family that you want to spend time with. Um, I know this is going to be very worrisome for some people, but you got to protect your peace too during this time. You know, with the feelings that I was feeling overwhelmed about the grief of my great grandfather. And then of course it makes me go right into the grief of my great grandmother and I'm blessed to be like, okay, you know, I hope that they have united together and that they, you know, got to see each other on the other side and, you know, all those great things. But like here on earth, like this world is getting so much more ghetto with all the things that are going on. And I'm like, it would be such a blessing to just lay my head on my great grandmother's lap like I used to do. Right. Just let her pray over me. Listen, my great grandmother will break out in a prayer and it would be like no other. And it's like we don't always get to have the love of great grandparents or just the love of anybody that makes you feel warm and it makes you feel secure and it makes you feel like you can conquer anything in this life. And I pray we all become that for someone else. Like honestly become that for somebody else. People need to feel that. They need to feel like there's at least one person that is just like their biggest hype person and not just somebody who's just following like, oh, just, okay, you know, I'm talking about true to the realness of like caring about them, loving them. And I want that for you. I want that for me. I want us to become that for somebody because these are some hard times. The world is getting evil. I swear 
listen, I love social media. Social media is what it's going to be. You can have your ups or your downs about it. Just, it is going to be what it is. But just to think about half the stuff I be seeing played out in social media, this world is extremely evil. You don't even got to be on social media to see that. Just read, just watch the news, you know, go online and see the news and read the stories. Like it's just crazy out here. I want us to really consider how can we be loved to someone else? Because gifts are beautiful, right? Getting a gift, especially something that you, you know, in your mind you think you want. But again, those things fade. You may want something today and want something else tomorrow. Get something on Christmas Day and want something else December the 26th. But being loved to someone, being a source of encouragement, you know, checking on your friends and loving on your family while also protecting your peace. Let me just say, don't let this holiday get fool you into going around people that you know is not going to, you know, is going to be damaging just for the sake of being around them. Um, And if you do choose to go around them, have a game plan, have a game plan for how you're going to interact with them and know what your limitations are. Like I can, these sometimes fuzzy feelings where I'm like, you know what, let me go call my aunt so-and-so and my cousin so-and-so. Let me go hang around with so-and-so and so-and-so. Knowing in the back of my mind that if I don't have a game plan, that is just not going to work out, right? It's like, you know, you love family, but family can be like oil and water sometimes. And it's, it's sad to say, but it is. It's not that you can't go around them or that you should never be around them or you should shun yourself from them. Although I do believe in no contact. Let me just say, I do believe in no contact because when it is warranted and when it is necessary, you got to do what is best for you and your peace and your mind and protect yourself and protect your family at all costs. So if you think that I'm telling you just go around people that you have a no contact with just for the sake of going around them, stop, pump your brakes right now. I am never going to suggest you to just start going around people of whom you've put a no contact in. If you don't know what a no contact is, it means just what it sounds like. There are people in your life that are family, whether they're your mom, a cousin, a whomever, an aunt, a friend that you just have gone no contact. You don't want them in your life. You don't give them an open door. You don't even crack the door. You don't look through the blind and see if they're coming. You don't give them no first seat, no last seat. You just don't have them in your life. And usually when there is a no contact from you that you've placed, it usually is not just for no reason. I love listening to people, especially if you go on contact, just look up no contact, right? And you'll see people you know, telling people in the comments, well, that's your mom, that's your grandmom, that's your aunt. And this is ridiculous as to why you wouldn't want to be around them. And you only get one so-and-so you only get such and such. No, No one is negating that. But there are some people out here in this world, whether they're your mother, your aunt, your cousins, your grandmom, your granddad, whoever, who literally don't deserve your contact. They are so damaging to your mental health that in order for you to be around them, you legit will send yourself into a tailspin just to accommodate. I am never suggesting for you to put yourself out to that point, to the point where you're being hurt and manipulated. Um, You have people who have, you know, sexually abused you or abused you in some way, mentally, emotionally, or whatever the case may be, and just go hanging around them because that's your mom. I think that's one of the biggest ones that I hear the most, that that's your mom, that's your dad, those are your parents, and you have to give grace. Yes, I want to give grace to all parents because as a parent, I'm going to, too, need grace because my kids are not going to feel like I did everything right, and I'm going into the situation as a mom knowing I'm not going to do everything right. But there's a difference between not doing everything right And there's a difference between being 
being someone who is narcissistic or gaslighting someone or ignoring your child's feelings or putting them in harmful situations and then telling them, well, I did the best that I could. If you're not willing to acknowledge the things that you've done, there's no way you can heal and make a better relationship if you can't do that. Right. And so if you have a no contact order, don't break it on the, on the, on the court that you're feeling fuzzy. Cause I'm telling you those fuzzy feelings will come. It'll have you reaching across the board and calling somebody in your family or friend that you ain't speaking to in years. And that's a beautiful thing if you can make it happen, but it has to come from two people willing to talk two people willing to work through whatever it is that caused the no contact to be put in place Two people. It cannot be one-sided right? Put yourself in jeopardy because that's your mom. And that stuff don't make no sense to me, right? But that's just me. What do I know? The holidays are triggering. And so you may not feel like you want to interact in the level that people want you to interact. Um, I had taken a couple of years myself personally from my dad's side of the family. And there's no disrespect there. There's no, I'm not rehashing anything. This is my personal truth. This is something that I went through. And I'm going to tell you that initially the no contact for myself from my dad's side of the family started from a family rift. And by family rift, I mean myself and several members of the family got into a stone cold argument. And I mean a nasty one. Um, and in the beginning I did it because I was just like, I'm not dealing with any of them. I'm done. You know, you do that. I'm done. I ain't talking to them no more. I'm done. I'm not dealing with them. And so that's what that was in the beginning. I will say through therapy, I went to therapy. I wouldn't say right away. So I'm saying like maybe a couple of months after that, after the initial fight, because I was ready to go to blows. Um, I'm just grateful that I lived here in Philadelphia that my husband was like, you're not about to get in the car. Like it was a horrible situation, right? But after going to therapy, I realized that the no contact wasn't really about the fight, that the fight, the fight actually revealed a few things about myself. And I wanted to point the finger and in the beginning of the argument, during the argument, it was always about pointing the finger out what you did. You didn't do enough. You didn't say enough. You should have done. You could have done. Why didn't you do? And I'm mad about certain things that had nothing to do with the actual initial argument. It was about some stuff from years ago, right? Stuff from things from my childhood that I had never expressed things that I had gone through as a kid and just couldn't express because, you know, parents back in the early nineties, um, late eighties and early nineties or in the eighties and nineties, they didn't allow, they, it was no talk to a therapist. It was no go and talk to somebody. And nine times out of 10, I think the only people I was ever allowed to talk to was our pastor and nine times out of 10, no disrespect to him. And he's not here no more. God bless. But, um, it really wasn't about resolution talking to my pastor. It really wasn't. And so a lot of the things that I held in came out during these arguments. And so at the beginning, I was just like pointing the finger out. It was them. It was them. It was them. And things that they were saying about me, I just wasn't willing to receive it until I went to therapy. And when I started to go in therapy, I started saying, okay, well, maybe aunt so-and-so is correct in saying that this is, this is my problem. Maybe that's what they're seeing. And, and, you know, let's see what's going on. Let me explore that. And so I kept a no contact even after I had gotten over the actual initial fight because I needed time to heal and I needed to step away. Now I was ridiculed, talked about, I mean, stuff was coming back to me left and right, but I didn't care about it at that point. 
as much as people like, I just stopped caring about the things that were being still said because I'm like, I had removed myself from everybody. I was intentionally removing myself from everybody. I closed off the sh- the communication via phone, email, texting. You could not reach me. I blocked it. Um, then I did it on everything on social media. And then I just lived my life without even acting as if, almost like as if I didn't have that family. And that's what I needed. Now that may not be your route, but that's what I personally needed because I needed some years to get me together. Because there was no way I was going to be a decent mom, a decent human being, or a decent anything without healing through some of those traumas that had come out during the argument. And I remember many times during those years that I decided, again, it was my choice. Everybody was still trying to get me to come around. It was just like a no-go, no thank you. And I remember feeling like these warm and fuzzy feelings around the Christmas holiday. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to call. I'm going to call and make it right. I'm going to call and make it right. But then I was just like, eh, no. And it was just through my therapist that it was just like, let's just keep it as a no contact and let's just work through some things first before you can have the energy to go around people that you know you felt have wronged you or things that you have wronged. Because, you know, we always talk about toxic people and we talk about people being this and that. But let's just be honest. When you really start dealing with yourself, as much as you can call out somebody else, you did start putting yourself and calling yourself to the fire and realizing that you're calling other people toxic because your behind is toxic too. Or you're the problem. Not to say that they are not, but you got to deal with you because you you can't worry about other people. And during the holidays, you start thinking about those things. Should I make amends with people that I've had issues with? Should you make amends? Absolutely. But making amends isn't about the other person. Making the amends isn't so that you can feel some type of way that you've done a great job because you've said sorry. So that other person come around. All those things is so that you can live on this earth in some real peace. Now you've got to give yourself the peace that some people may not even be willing to give you. And when I got to the point where I was like, I want to live on this earth in my own peace in the peace of my own life without any issue, then I knew I was going to be better. Now, some of those relationships are on the mend. Some of them, some of them are not. I don't, some of them, I don't know if the relationship will ever fully mend. And that's just the straight up truth. I can be in a room around people, but I don't think the relationship will go back to any of the levels that it once was, but it's not supposed to. And I'm okay with that. The holidays will make you reflect. And in your reflection, it can be a trigger. And in your reflection, it can bring joy. And in your reflection, it can bring peace. And in your reflection, it can make you just continuously being your thoughts and work through things that you have on your heart that you may not be able to express to someone. A lot of the things that I had going on, I just couldn't express because I didn't understand it. You know, some of it has to do with the fact that I think I've said this on before, like my biological father has never been in my life. And through my journey of trying to figure out if I wanted to meet him You know, I found out so much about him again, not just from my mom, like not just my mom. I don't remember my mom ever bashing him. So it wasn't like I had to go through all of that. Now, that's not to say that there weren't things that should have been done. Things could have been different, blah, blah, blah. But as I've gotten to meet my side of the family, I always say his side of the family, but they are my side of the family and things that were said and done. It's like, Ooh, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing for me to, to meet him. I don't think it's going to serve much value and maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I won't, but I think a lot of the things that I had going on again, that trigger goes to my childhood, like figuring out who I am and figuring out the things that involve around me. 
The holidays are tricky. They are tricky. So we're two days out from Christmas. You may be in a state of depression right now. And you may be feeling overwhelmed right now. And you may be feeling stressed right now. And you may be feeling like, I don't even know what it is that I want to do. I don't even know what it is that I want to contribute to this Christmas holiday. Maybe you don't have the strength to wrap gifts. Maybe you don't even have the strength to do a lot. I would say if you have children, you're always going to put your the best interests of them ahead of yours. But do take some time to gather your thoughts. I don't know if you have somebody that you can speak to, whether it's a friend that you can truly trust. And I do mean that very, very much well. Somebody that you can talk to that's not going to run your business to another friend talking about we praying for somebody. Don't try that one. But I hope that you have someone that you can be honest and vulnerable with. That's going to help you to be able to decipher what your next step is going to be. That's going to be in a positive step. In a positive step. I can't say that enough. A positive step. Be honest with your feelings about what it is that you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Be honest if you need help to get yourself through. I've had three or four friends that I've been doing some check-ins with lately because they're single. They're struggling with that. They have some other things going on in their life that they're really just dealing with. And just trying to be a sounding board to them, like not solving their problems. You don't always have to be the friend that feels like you have to give an answer to something that's going on. Sometimes just really listening and being there is what they need the most, right? That means every time somebody tells you something doesn't mean you have to give them a solution. You don't have to be Ayana to them every single time. You literally can just listen. You can hold their hand. You can pray with them if they need it. You can just let them know that you care. You can let them know that you're there for them. Do something small just to make a small gesture for them. Whatever that it takes. Those are the types of things that you can focus on. Those are the types of things you should probably be focusing on. Because sometimes people just need to know that someone else that cares about them. I will know that everybody does these texting. I cannot stand these group text messages all the time. It's just something about it that irks my soul, especially if you are an Android inside of an iPhone group text messaging. I'm not a fan, not a fan at all, but at least call not the people that you would normally call in your core call, like call someone who you haven't talked to in a while. And call them and check on them. Like, listen to them. Make a call. We, I know we on social media. I know we text. I know that we're used to doing certain things. But pick up a phone and call one person. And ask them, how are you doing? How I got some time. How can't you get, I'm, what's going on? Let me listen to you. Anything to be there for that person. Especially if you know that they're by themselves or they have a tendency to be alone and maybe they won't pick up. There's been plenty of times. Listen, I told you I was on a couple of years. And I wasn't talking to people. There have been family that have reached out to me when I wasn't talking to anybody and they would just leave a message because nine times out of 10, I probably had them block if it was somebody within the core argument. But people outside of that, they would call. I wouldn't answer because I was like, I don't feel like hearing all that rah-rah. I want to hear about why I should fix something or at least what I presume they might say. So I would just send people to voicemail. But some people just let and left a voicemail like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I know it's been a couple of months. I've been hearing about stuff that's been happening, but I just wanted you to know that I care about you. 
I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you and the kids and your husband, or I want you to know that I love you and the family is here for you whenever you're ready. Something just that small to that extent can literally make somebody's day, can make somebody's whole day, especially if they're struggling. Cause you never know. Let me tell you something. That whole situation with Twitch still has me shook because we're talking about, again, somebody who's young, somebody who presumably has it all, has a beautiful family, has all the things, smiling, laughing, all those different things. But mental health, I swear to you, it comes in different variations and it looks like all kinds of different people and people hide very well in plain sight. I used to hide very well in plain sight. And if I'm not careful, I could hide very well in plain sight. I have a whole platform that talks about mental health. We talk about mental health on this podcast. I talk about mental health and self-care on the, on the blog. I talk about these different things and you can hide in plain sight if you're not careful. So this is why I'm telling you and encouraging you to reach out via phone to hear someone's voice. Once a month, I sent out a card, not to the same people, because I do have a little wealth of friends who don't live close by. And once a month, I try to send out a card to one friend to let them know that I'm thinking about them. A handwritten note, right? It's a plain card. It doesn't even have like the pre-written note in there. I literally have cards that I sit down with and I just write out notes. Hi, how are you? You've been on my mind lately. I just want to make sure that you're okay. This is just a simple check-in to let you know that I love you. And on this, you know, in Philadelphia, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I hope that you're okay. Reach out. I'll reach out to see how you're doing. Just some type of encouragement once a month to a friend. I rotate that friend, send it out, let them know. I care about you. I love you. I'm thinking of you. Let's get back to that. Back to being human. Back to caring about people. Putting that back in the atmosphere. Now, it's easier to say, be said, that I can do that now because I'm in a good place. That was not the case a couple years ago, but we all go through our things and sometimes we got to take that step back so we can step up. That's That was where I was. Christmas is a beautiful time of the year. People are nicer. So I can't stand how December 2nd, I mean, not December 2nd, January 2nd, people are going back to their raggedy ways because they just wanted to get through the Christmas holiday. You know, people give more to other people during the holiday. They make look out for other people during the holiday. So many people giving out food and giving out, making sure kids have toys and giving to certain charities and making sure certain organizations are supported. I want to see more of that throughout the year. Right? Reaching out over the phone and talking to someone you haven't spoken to in a month of Sundays. Right? Reaching out over the phone to just make sure people are okay. So right now I have my three friends that I'm thinking about and I've just been checking in. Are you okay? How are you doing? Because they are struggling and nobody wants to go through things by themselves. Sometimes it's not the lesson that people struggle with. It's not that. Sometimes it's just being feeling like they're by themselves and that no one cares about them or they don't have like support while they're going through. They don't want you to pay for them to fix something. They don't always want you to come in and rescue them. They just want to know that you know that they exist. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. So reach out and be that to someone else. But if you are feeling holly and jolly, and if you are in a holiday mood, keep that, spread that, be that. Sometimes, you know, when you get into like a depressive mode or you're in your seasonal depression, because seasonal depression is knocking on people's door hard 
It does every winter. We are in winter time. Did you realize that? We just celebrated the first day of winter the other day. And I'm telling you right now, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. This is not what I want. Seasonal depression is just like hard to explain. There's different, of course, symptoms of it. You withdraw from certain things. You notice that because when it starts to get dark earlier or starts to get colder, that you don't do the same activities. You're not running to the gym, one, because it's cold. You don't have any motivation. You're not really excited about things that you used to be completely excited about. You're just struggling. And sometimes if you, God forbid, you struggle alone, like you just need to struggle. You, sh you don't need to, but when you struggle alone, it literally can take the wind out of you. So you may be going through those different things. And I'm going to send love, light, blessings, covering, and peace your way. I always ask myself, when did life get so extra remember when you were a kid all you cared about was running down the steps at five o'clock in the morning waking your parents up at the crack of jesus so you can open up these gifts have a good time maybe go visit a couple family members get some more things eat some good food watch you know the christmas classics if you're not watching the grinch we can't be friends i need you to watch the classics like the classes the classes the classics right elf that's become a new classic right you're watching all the Christmas movies, you're baking the cookies, and then somewhere you step into adulthood and life changes, like you, life changes and it comes at you quick. That is hard. That is like a hard pill to swallow and you're like, my God, I have to actually adult and I have to do the things that people around me used to take care of and I got bills to pay and I got a life to figure out and I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is on earth and also live my best life because I don't want myself to not be here and I feel like I've done something made a made some type of a a mark in life yet I gotta still go to work and I gotta pay bills like do I got an OnlyFans account do I work do I get another job like do I get married do I stay single do I travel what do I do so many questions like adulting is a lot but remember, our parents told us, stop trying to be grown before it's time. Because once you become grown, there is no going back. And I can hear my mama saying that right now. And I'm probably making the same face she made when she said it. But she wasn't lying. Neither was your mama when she told you to stop being grown and take your time. Remember that nap time we didn't take? Ghetto. Highly uh, recommend for you to start living that life when you can take those naps and eat those cookies and be good. And now we have to find a way, get a nap. You barely get in sleep at night just to go to work and do it all over again. Life is lifing. Life is lifing. But I do wish you a great holiday, a great Christmas, whatever that may mean for you. I pray that if there's something that you desire, that it will come to you. And that above all, you would have peace that you would be able to just find some type of joy because remember joy has nothing to do with the things that you have or don't have i know some people who have absolutely nothing let me just tell you the story so i won't tell the relationship of the person but they have been through some things and they came to my house and dropped something off for my kids and i'm thinking to myself my god if you could just hear like a portion of the stories just the stuff that they've been through in the last 30 days and I'm like, why are you dropping? We're trying to make sure that they're good and they're dropping stuff off to my house for my children. 
And I'm looking at her like, why are you doing this? And she's just like, I have joy. And she, according to the world standards, to the mind, to like the natural head, like the, the your thought process, why would she have joy? But she does. She has joy regardless of the things she's struggling with, the things she has on her plate. And she didn't see it a problem or a burden to make sure that my kids were good. And my kids don't even need anything. My kids don't need anything. Half the stuff they're getting ain't got nothing to do with a need. It don't. That's how you know you're blessed, right? But it touched my heart that in spite of the things that she had on her plate, the things she was going through, let me just say, I can't even put it out there because it would reveal her who she is. But for the things she's gone through in these last 30 days, the last thing she should be worrying about is making somebody else happy or bringing some joy to someone else. And one of my kids, she don't even have any direct relationship to and she still brought him something too to my son that's why joy has nothing to do with the things that you have you can still have joy when all hell is breaking loose i have had some horrible lows and i mean some lows that have made you reconsider a lot of things but when you have some joy in the back of your heart this is why i pray to everybody that is struggling with joy that that joy that's sitting in the back like it's always present joy is present it gets clouded sometimes when we are going through life and life is kicking our behind but joy is always present it's just not as prevalent it's present, but not prevalent. And so I pray that that joy comes to the center fold of your heart and your life where you can actually just see a glimpse. Every day I ask myself, what joy could I bring to my life today or to someone else's life? What joys have I experienced today? What are my joys? Because those things matter beyond a shadow of a doubt. They make and break the life that you want and what you're struggling with and give you the slice of hope when you can find the simple joys of life. Today, I had the honor of just sitting and doing a bunch of work quietly for four to five hours, just chucking it out. And that brought me joy. Now, I may not bring nobody else no joy, but it brought me joy because I remember the days when I wanted to pray for this, pray for this to happen. And now that it's here, I'm like, thank you. And I feel joyful even if, even if stuff started to drop off because it has done it plenty of times. But joy is not contingent upon being happy about the things that I have or material things. I get joy just watching my kids be happy. Like I finally get into that point. Like my husband asked me this year and I'm not saying I'm not going to get anything and I didn't give him something to, to get me for Christmas. But this was probably the first year I struggled heavily with like making a Christmas list. Because I'm like, I mean, there's the things I could ask for. But I really do have a blessed life. God has been good and faithful. My kids have not been in the hospital this year. They used to go to the hospital over every other minute. Child, we was at that hospital putting clothes in the trunk because we knew we was going to stay because they had bad asthma. I just knew it, but they haven't been sick. God bless and knock on the wood and pray. Baby Jesus, keep them the black and the brown Jesus because we don't got time for that but God has been faithful I have not had to go to a hospital because my kids had an asthma attack or they had to you know possibly be on a ventilator or have to have oxygen or any of those things that's a joy joy of waking up because we're not guaranteed tomorrow we're not even guaranteed this next minute that's a joy doing what I love because not everybody can do what they love and love what they do joy I want you to find some. 
take it from the back of where all the darkness sits and tries to bury it and bring it to the forefront of your life. The drink of the day, because it is the holidays, is the Grinch. So I will put that recipe in the show notes. So if you need a drink to make for the holidays, because remember, we only got but two days, that Grinch drink will be in the show notes. I'm actually going to make it for my parents when I'm going to my parents' house. I'm going to make that for them. So mom, if you're listening to this episode, just hold your mule. We're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're going to drink that Grinch drink. It's going to be good. So have yourself the most amazing weekend. Find some joy for yourself. Find a piece of rest. Find some type of fallback and relaxation for you. I mean, it's hard. My kids is already pre-planning what time they're going to wake us up. They literally have been like, hey, it's, you know, it's 530 good. It's 430 good. And I'm like, please don't wake me up before 630. Now I say that because I know they're still going to wake me up and I'm just prepared for it. But, you know, they're negotiating. I got to go through the negotiation process with them. They're a little older now. But I hope that you have a joyful day, a beautiful weekend. And we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.